Hi, this is Chris Finch. I'm lead pastor of City Walk Church. I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you don't already know, the best way to stay connected with City Walk Church is with our app. Just go to your device's app store and search City Walk Church to find it. Whether you've been a longtime follower of Jesus or you're just investigating faith, our hope is that this message will help you take your next step in that journey. If you're in the area, we would love to have you come join us in person. For more information or to plan your visit, check us out at citywalkchurch.com or on social media at WeAreCityWalkCA. Morning, CityWalk. Morning, those of you that are watching online, whether you're here in person or online, we're so thankful that you're here. And before we dive into our last, really our last message in our series on Joshua, I wanted to let you know about something that's coming up next week. Uh, next week, if you're here and, and you've maybe started coming to CityWalk, maybe you're watching online, you've started to connect, and, and you thought, man, what? I, I've been coming, I've been sitting, but man, I, I'd really like to connect a little bit better. I'd like to find out, man, what does this church have to maybe serve my family or that my family can get involved in? Next week, right after the service, we have a luncheon called Intro to CityWalk. Uh, we provide lunch, uh, we'll provide some child care. Uh, so you can kind of hear us talk, and you don't have to worry about where your kids are at. Uh, but, but stay after. You can actually go right into the app where it says announcements, and you can sign up right in the announcements. And so if you're looking to take a next step, or you're thinking, man, what's the, the best first step at CityWalk? It's go to Intro to CityWalk, the luncheon next week, and you'll find out a lot more about church. And like I said, you'll learn about the best ways for your family to get connected. And for me, as I was growing up, we, we, were the church, we were the family that we lived 40 seconds, we timed it, from our church. And so, man, we, and we were still late to church, which is crazy. Uh, when you live closer, it's just you take it for granted. But we were late to church, but we had our pew. We, we had our, our pew, it was about third row, third or fourth row, it was like the Fincham's pew. And if you sat in our pew, you were going to we were going to have to probably fight after church because we had our pew. But, but I remember as a kid, being connected to my local church was so good for my family. And my family went through some really tough times when I was in middle school. And our local church was such an important part of helping us get through that. And so I want to encourage you to connect with Intro to City Walk. I mentioned my family already, but I grew up in a family where I had two siblings. I was the oldest. And so my family was really privileged because I was the one in our family that knew everything. So it's always good to have one in your family that knows everything. And I don't know if it was just because I was the oldest kid or if it was just because I was a sinful person and had a really bossy personality, but I was, I was, a, I was kind of that kid that kind of knew everything. Maybe you have one of those people in your family. Maybe you're sitting next to that person right now. Uh, that, that knows everything, and you're so thankful that God put someone in your family that knows everything to kind of help you guys out. And, but, but here's what you know. If, if that person's in your family, and, and they're kind of the self-proclaimed expert at everything, and they always have the answer, if they're in your family, you can just tell them to hush and, and just ignore them. And you, you probably do that on a regular basis, just like my family did to me. But, but the thing is, and, and you know this, whether you're watching online or you're here this morning, nowadays we live in a world where anybody can be an expert. Uh, we, we can create a profile, 
We can start dropping our opinion on different subjects. We can make ourselves look more successful when we, than we really are. And, and we can get the world leaning into our insights, into our products, without really being successful at all. I mean, you, you've, you've seen it. It's the, the 23-year-old guy that lives in his family's basement that's telling you how to build a business. You're like, man, buddy, maybe get out of your pajamas first and put the Captain Crunch down and then let's talk a little bit. But you know, or it's the the young couple that just had their first kid that's dropping their parenting wisdom on Instagram that's telling you you need to listen to what they say. And and I'm all for, don't, don't get me wrong, I'm all for learning from people in all stages of life. And and I think we can learn from people that are younger than us and even less experienced than us. But but you know this. There's something special and really powerful about sitting down with someone who has been through life. Sitting down with someone who's been through life, they've accomplished things in their life, and even without trying to, just as you hear them talk, they just drop nuggets of wisdom. It's it's sitting down with that, that couple that's been married for 50 years And without them even trying to, they're just dropping gold on on how to be a family and how to raise kids. It's talking to that guy or girl that started a business 20 years ago that is a successful business and is adding value to your community. And and it's just sitting down and listening to them. Maybe it's it's sitting, and you probably have had this, and this is a sad time, but but you, you understand what I'm saying. It's sitting down next to the bed of somebody that's about to go out into eternity and just hearing some of the wisdom and some of the last things they have to share. It's just powerful. It's powerful to have those conversations. And it's these types of conversations that that they, they provide us so much wisdom and insight because of the perspective of the person that's talking. And because they've been through life, because they've accomplished some things, and so the weight of what they have to say, just, there's just more weight to it than somebody that's maybe just getting started. And, and today as we close out our series in the book of Joshua, we get an opportunity to sit in on one of those conversations. See, Joshua, this, the great leader of Israel, is 110 years old. And and he knows that his time left on earth, he knows that his time is short, that that he is soon going to go out into eternity. If you don't know much about Joshua, maybe you haven't been here for the series, Joshua grew up in Egypt, he grew up as a slave. And as he got to be a young man, there was a guy by the name of Moses that came and delivered his whole family, his whole nation from slavery in Egypt and led them towards a promised land that God had promised them hundreds of years earlier. And Joshua, as a young man, was picked by Moses to be his assistant. And so Joshua, he followed Moses as Moses led this nation out of slavery and and, and towards the promised land. And because of the sin of this nation, they did not get into the promised land quickly. They actually wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And towards the end of that 40 years, the baton of leadership was handed from Moses to his assistant, Joshua. Joshua was about 80, 85 years old at this point. 
And Joshua was given the task of taking this nation of Israel through the Jordan River, defeating this this Jericho, the city of Jericho, and beginning to take the land that God had promised. And so that's what Joshua did. And we've kind of talked about this over the last few weeks. He, he led the nation of Israel from, from where Moses had gotten them. And he, he finally got them into the promised land. And they defeated their foes. And, and they, they took the land that God had given them. And then Joshua had another huge task as they were given this land. And they took this land. He had another huge task. And it was the task of dividing the land by the 12 tribes. And so just imagine that. Imagine having a nation of 2 million plus people and now you have a land and you have to figure out how are we going to divide this land by 12 different groups, 12 tribes. And so they did. I think we have a map of, of how it broke up. It's kind of small, but, but you can see the different colors represent different tribes and how Joshua successfully took the land, but then he also, he divided the land to the different to the different tribes. And so Joshua, after dividing the land, he's, he's, man, he's gotten the people into the land. Man, they've accomplished what God has laid out. He's now 110 years old, and, and he, he calls together the leaders of the nation of Israel, and he has some final words that he wants to share with them. And we, we pick up his conversation In Joshua chapter 23, you'll see it up on the screen or you can look in the app. As Joshua has this conversation, it says this. It says, a long time after the Lord had given Israel rest from all the enemies around them, Joshua was old, advanced in age. It had been at least 10, maybe up to 25 years since they had taken the land And divided the land. And so they were in a place, man, where life was good. They weren't fighting any wars. They had had their land. It had been divided. Life was good. It had been 10, maybe up to 25 years since they had to fight and take the land. And it says this, so Joshua summoned all Israel, all all the leaders, including its elders, leaders, judges, and officers. And he said to them, I'm old. I'm advanced in age. It says this in verse 3, and you have seen for yourselves everything the Lord your God did to all these nations on your account, because it was the Lord your God who was fighting for you. You've had this, maybe, and maybe this is a joke with you, you probably have someone in your family that's a storyteller, maybe somebody, grandma, grandpa, great-grandma, great-grandpa, man, and you just enjoy sitting down and hearing grandpa talk about, man, the old days and the stories, and man, you laugh and you lean in, but, but there's something you miss about the stories because, and you, you can't fully appreciate them because you weren't there. And so you, you listen and you lean in and you enjoy them and you laugh, but because you weren't there, you can't fully appreciate them. And here's what, jo- that's not what this is. Joshua's not sitting down as like the old guy saying, hey, let me tell you about what happened to me back in the old days when I was traveling uphill in the snow both ways to go to, to, go to school. It wasn't one of those conversations. What Joshua was doing is saying, you know what? You were with me. Remember? This isn't remember you weren't there, but no, no, no. Remember? 
You were with me when we walked on dry ground through the middle of the Jordan River. You were there. You were with me when we walked around the city of Jericho and we we weren't sure what was going to happen. And then all of a sudden, God miraculously made the walls fall down. You were with me. You were there that day when we were in the middle of a battle and it was starting to get dark and God made the sun stand still so we could finish the battle. You saw how God worked. You saw how God gave us land we didn't deserve, how he defeated enemies we shouldn't have defeated. You were there. You saw it. And he says, with with that in mind, with what you saw just like I saw, he gives them some instruction. He says this, See, I've allotted these remaining nations to you as an inheritance for your tribes, including all the nations I have destroyed from the Jordan westward to the Mediterranean Sea. And then he says this, The Lord your God will force them back on your account and drive out before you so that you can take possession of their land as the Lord your God promised you. And basically what Joshua was saying, he's saying, hey, you, you were there. You saw God work. You, you've been at rest now, but there's still a little bit of work to do. I'm about to go off the scene and there's, there's still some land that God wants to give you. There's still a few enemies that, that you're going to need to take. And, and just like God was with you before and, and you saw it happen, he's going to be with you. You just got to go take it. And, and Joshua gives him these, these instructions. And And so now Joshua, he's at the end of his life. And I mean, what else does he have to say? I mean, these people, they all watched him lead. They they, they saw all this happen. They saw this man lead their nation so well into this land. So, I mean, what else does Joshua have to say? You you did it, Joshua. You won. But but Joshua, before he leaves earth, he he didn't have to say anything else. He could have just stopped. But there was something burning in his heart as an older man who was about to leave earth. There was something burning in his heart that he had to communicate to these leaders. So after 110 years of life and leadership, here's what he says to them. Verse 6, he says, be very strong. And continue obeying all that is written in the book of the law of Moses so that you do not turn from it to the right or to the left. And maybe you're reading that and if you know your Bible at all, you're like, whoa, 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 Chris, are you sure you're reading from the right chapter? Because that sounds a lot like Joshua chapter 1. What Joshua's saying here, you sure this is at the end of the story? Because it sounds a lot like the instruction God gave Joshua when he began to lead. And it's because it's exactly what God told Joshua. And now Joshua, 40-some years later, after he's accomplished what God asked him, as he's sharing these last words, he shares almost exactly word for word what God told him. And he tells him why. He tells him why he has to share this with him. He tells him why he's saying what he's saying. Here's Here's what the reason is. He says, so that you do not associate with these nations remaining among you. Do not call on the names of their gods or make an oath to them. Do not serve them or bow and worship to them. 
Instead, be loyal to the Lord your God as you have been to this day. Joshua's greatest concern for this nation that he had led, that he literally had given blood, sweat, tears, his life to, his greatest concern was that the nation would begin to worship idols, that they would begin to follow false gods. And so as he sits down with these leaders, he, he, he gives these leaders the same question that he had to answer and that really the same question that we have to answer. He, he presents this to them and the question is simply this, who will you serve? Who will you serve? He says, I I want you to listen to what God says. I want you to be strong. I want you to be courageous. I want you to obey what God says because you're going to be tempted to follow false gods. You're going to be tempted to worship things that aren't the true God. You're going to be tempted to do that. And he says, man, I I want you to be somebody that, that worships only God, but you need to choose. Because if you don't choose and you just let yourself live, you will not lean towards God. You will automatically begin to lean away from him. And so he said, who are you going to serve? See, see, we like the people Joshua was talking to. And, and whether we like it or not, we all serve someone. We, we, we all walk in step with someone's plan. Even if you think you're your own man or you're your own woman, you walk in step with somebody's plan for your life. And we try to make it what it's really not. But at the end of the day, and this might sound harsh, there's really only two choices. We either serve God's plan and we serve his agenda, or we serve the enemy's plan and the enemy's agenda. Sometimes we think, no, 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 I kind of ride the fence. But what we don't know is that Satan actually owns the fence. And so we're, oh, no, I kind of have a foot in both. No, you don't. You're actually serving the other God. And so as Joshua, he's he's coming before these guys and these gals, he's telling them, hey, I, I want you to make sure you stay focused Because you're going to be tempted to serve false gods. You're going to be tempted to serve and worship idols. And so he reminds them again of God's work in the past. He says this in verse 9. The Lord has driven out great and powerful nations before you. And no one is able to stand against you to this day. One of you routed a thousand because the Lord your God was fighting for you. As he promised, Joshua says, man, God's been doing work among us. I mean, he's been giving us victories and battles we had no business winning. And man, I've seen you. I know how much you can bench and you're whooping up on a thousand guys. Come on. He said, God has been doing work for us. He has been, he's told us what to do. And as long as we've been obedient, man, he has been blowing this thing up for us, showing us favor. He's been so good to us. But if you're not careful and you forget what God did, you're going to be tempted to worship idols. See, when I forget God's work in the past, it sets me up to miss his work in the future. Let me say that again, because this applies to the people that Joshua was talking to, but it also applies to me. 
applies to you. It applies to you if you're watching online, if you're listening to this on a podcast. When I forget God's work in the past, it sets me up to miss his work in the future. And Joshua knew that. And so he goes on to just pour his heart out to these leaders. He says this in verse 14. I'm now going the way of the whole earth. And you know with all your heart and with all your soul that none of the good promises the Lord your God made to you has failed. Everything was fulfilled for you, not one promise failed. He's saying, dude, you you know, you've watched this happen over the last 40 years, and God hasn't missed a promise at all, not even one. All of us, we've, we've all missed things that we've said. We've all, we've all messed up in different areas. But everything God said would happen, nothing has failed. His promises have come true exactly the way he said. God's word is true. You can take what God says to the bank. What he says is going to happen, happens. And Joshua says, again, dude, you were there. We, we saw this happen. And he goes on, he says, and I love this, he tells him about the good, but he's honest about the bad too. He says, since every good thing the Lord your God promised you has come about, so he will bring on you every bad thing until he has annihilated you from this good land the Lord your God has given you. Just Joshua's like, let me, let me just be straightforward. I've told you about the good part, and I've told you about, hey, when we obey God, what God says happens. When we obey God, we have his favor, his blessing. We've all seen that. But he says, let, let me warn you also. And, and he, he talks about, man, if, if you, you start to like go your own way, if you start to worship idols, if your idea becomes better than God's idea, it's not going to go well. The word annihilation never is good. And that's what he says. He goes on in verse 16. In case you didn't understand before, he says, If you break the covenant the Lord your, with the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and you go serve other gods and bow and worship to them, the Lord's anger will burn against you, and you will quickly disappear from this good land he has given you. Basically, man, if you, you listen and obey God, You're going to be blessed. You've seen that happen. But if you don't listen and you do things your way and you worship false gods, the consequences are going to be devastating. And so you've got to decide, who will you serve? Who will be your God? Whose plan will you follow? And then Joshua, he says this, and these are some of his final words on earth. He says this. He says, but in, verse, in chapter 24, but if it doesn't please you to worship the Lord, choose for yourselves today, which you will worship, the gods your ancestors worshiped beyond the Euphrates River or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. And basically what Joshua was saying, he's saying, stop pretending. Stop pretending. There's no middle ground. 
You, you worship someone. And, and basically what he's saying, he's saying, hey, if you want to worship the gods that your ancestors worshipped, you go do that. You, you just make sure you remember the story of how, how they actually wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and, and it didn't end well for them. But if you want to worship those gods, God's not going to, he's not like a puppet master going to make you worship him. If you want to worship those gods, if you want to follow their agenda, go ahead. You can do that. You're free to do that. But then he says this. He says, as for me and my family... We will worship the Lord. You can decide whatever you want. You can follow whatever God you want. But as for me and for my family, we're going to serve the Lord. After all I've seen as a leader, I'm 110 years old. After all the ups and the downs, after I've watched God come through over and over and over, I'm more convinced today than I was as a young man. That God is faithful, that God's word is true, that God's agenda is worth my life. So as for me and my house, we're serving the Lord. We've made our choice. We know who we're serving. It's Joshua, I mean, he's, he's looking at leaders of his nation. He's looking at some of the people in his nation. He's looking at people that, man, they have won. They have lost together. They have seen God do the miraculous. They've lived a lot of ordinary days together too. And at the end of Joshua's life, he's 110 years old. The, the message he wants to give these people is this. God's word can be trusted and his path is always best. Always always best on our best day on our worst day Joshua's message to the people he was looking at and if he were here today is simply this trust God's word lean, lean into it and follow his path it's 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 not the best option 50% of the time it's not the best option 80%. It's not the best option 99% of the time. It is best every single time. So Joshua says, choose. Who are you going to serve? You've got to choose. Because again, and I said this earlier, some, some of us believe this lie, and I, I would guess that some of the leaders that Joshua was looking at, they, they were tempted to believe this lie that I can kind of play both sides. That I can kind of I can kind of do the, the the God thing in the weekends and and you know on special holidays and I can kind of play that card when I need to when it's socially good to do. But I can also have a few rooms in my house that I don't let God in. Yeah, God, you can come in the living room and the kitchen, but man, there's three or four other rooms that you just yeah you're not really welcomed in those. And and in our minds, we kind of keep it to ourselves, and it's kind of like, hey, I'm I'm following God, I'm riding the fence, I'm half in, half out. And Joshua, he 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 had seen it. Man, he had seen it. Lived 110 years. He had seen how people had tried to have their foot in both sides and how it never went well because Satan's the one that owns the fence. And so Joshua, he said, man, don't believe the lie. You can't ride the fence. Choose. Just choose. 
If you're going to go all in on one, you know, the, for an idol, go all in. Just choose. If you're going all in with God, go all in with God, but don't try to do the two sides. Just choose. That's what his, his message was. In the New Testament, James, who was Jesus' brother, he kind of said it this way. He says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. James was talking about that same idea that, you know what, I'm, I kind of believe God. I kind of want to do the God thing, but I kind of want to do my own thing. And James says, just like Joshua, that doesn't work. A double-minded man or woman is unstable in all their ways. It's like, and the way James says it, you're like a, you're like a ship at sea that's just being tossed back and forth by the waves. It's just a terrible way to live. Just go all in one way. Don't, don't, don't play both sides. And maybe you're here and, or you're watching online and, and you'd say, man, I don't want to follow Jesus. Then don't. Don't. Don't pretend. Man, if you don't want to follow Jesus, go all in with the world. Get all you can out of it. If this is all you're, you're about, if, if, if you're not worried about eternity, then man, go all in. Get as much out of this world as you can because this is all you get. But if there's something that resonates with you when you hear a guy like Joshua say, after all I've seen, after all I've been through, I choose to serve the Lord. If you resonate with that, then go all in. Go all in. No, no matter, and you, and you know this, no matter how you grew up or kind of what your faith background is, whether you're watching online or you're here this morning, like all of us have to answer that question. Who will I serve? And maybe you, you push back a little bit because that's kind of a big question. You're like, man, you're asking me to answer a really big question. And I get it. That's a pretty big question. It's, there's a lot of ramifications to that question. But, but every single one of us, whether we grew up in church or whether we were burnt by the church and walked away or whether we've been sitting in a pew every Sunday since we were brought home from the hospital, we all have to answer that question. And that's what Joshua, he was pushing. He was saying, you've got to answer it. Because you, 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 bottom line, you do answer it with your life, so you might as well just answer it with your mouth as well. But, but here's what I know. If, if you're like, man, that's a big question. Okay, I get it. Who will I serve? That's a big question. But, but let me say this. Here's what I know about you, and here's what you know about me. It's hard to serve someone we don't trust. Is that true? It's hard. I mean, it, this don't even, I mean, you don't have to put this on God, but anybody. It's hard to, to work for a boss you don't trust. It's hard to be in a family if you don't trust the other people in the family. It, it's, just, it's just hard to serve someone you don't trust. And, and let's, let's put that on God now. Like if, if you don't trust God, then I get it. You, you, you're kind of like, man, I want to play both sides a little bit because I'm not quite sure if I go all in for him. I'm not sure if he's going to pull the carpet out from under me, I'm just not sure. And, and here's what, what we know about every single relationship. Trust is built based on a couple things. And then there's more than two, but, but two of the biggest things that, that really help us build trust. The first one is, duh, a relationship. 
And, and so let me ask you this question. I want you to think about this question. If, if trust is built based on a relationship, and if it's really hard to serve someone I don't trust, if you think about your relationship with God, what do you know about God? What do you know about God? As, as I thought about that myself, I thought, you know what? I know, I know that God is holy. I know he's loving. I know he's available. I know he's personal. I know he's for me. I know a lot of things about God. What do you know about God? Because again, it's, it's hard to serve someone you don't trust. And if you don't know them well, you're probably not going to trust them. So what do you know about God? But, but then here's a second, second thing that I think is so important as you build trust with people, but, but in this case with God. Relationship is big, but also history. History is big. Where have you seen God work? And, and you saw this in, with Joshua. He continually reminded the people he was talking to, hey, remember what God did. Remember what God did. And so for you, where, where have you seen God at work in your life, around you? As I thought back at my life, I, I remember I watched God heal a broken family. As a middle school boy, I, my parents were on their way to divorce, and it was going to end really bad, and we were all going to end up in counseling and train wrecks for the rest of our life because of what was going on in our family. And over the last 30 years, I've watched God heal and heal and heal, and now all three of us boys are in full-time ministry. Not that that is what you have to do, but... My mom and dad love each other and love God and are such great examples to us. I watched God do that as a kid. I watched God, as, as I think back to when Lori and I first got married, I watched God provide financially for us in some crazy ways. I remember God, when, when we needed a place to live and, and Austin was about to be born, our, our oldest, man, man, we were, we were looking for a place to live and we were praying, we didn't have a lot of money, and, and we literally got a phone call from a lady we had never met. And she said, hey, would you, you come? I heard you're looking for a place to live. Can you come? I've got a house down the road from where you're, you're at now. Come look at this house. I was like, I'll come look at this house, but you know, this is way out of our price range. There's not even, I mean, we'll look at it. Maybe I can mow your yard for you, man, but we'll, we'll look at it. And we did. We went, and it was like a house that, like bigger than our house that we have now. It was, it was a huge house. It was one of those houses you like needed a walkie-talkie to talk to the people on the other side of it. And, and, and we walked around this house, and she showed it to us. And then we went and sat down in her kind of living room area, one of her living room areas, and she said, um, my husband and I, we've been praying about this, and, and we'd like to let you and your family live here for free for a year. And she goes, do you need to pray about this? No, we do not need to pray about this. We have been praying about this. But, but as I think back, and, and we could sit here, and we could pass a microphone around, and we could, you could tell of, of where you've seen God at work. Even if you're not a follower of Jesus, you could, you could tell of, of people that you've seen changed, even if you didn't agree with what they believed, and, and you, you could tell of how God has worked in the past. And when we look at how God's worked in the past, and, and when we look at what we know about God, it helps us build trust for the future. 
And it gives us the confidence to say, you know what? I know this about God. I know this about God. I've seen God come through this time and this time and this time. Who am I going to serve? It's not even a hard question. Me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. And for you and for me, we, we, have, we both have to, we have to answer that question. And if you and I will take the time to answer the question, what do we know about God? And where have we seen God at work in our life? It will bring clarity to the bigger question, who will I serve? See, every one of us, no matter if you are a teenager or if you are 90 years old or you're somewhere in the middle, every single one of us has influence. Maybe we're not a 110-year-old world-renowned leader like Joshua, but we have influence. And we are daily telling people around us, as for me and my house, we serve We're all telling people this because we have influence. And as I walk today to go to in and out after service today, my daughter made clear to me that today we're going to in and out As we walk in that restaurant and we eat as a family, you know what we're saying to some people in that room? As for me and my house, we serve and they're, they're going to have an opinion. As you, you go to your school, teenager, and you sit at that lunch table, you, you play on that sports team, whether you like it or not, you're telling people, as for me and my house, here's who I serve. Every single one of us is telling people, and we're answering that question for people that are followers of Jesus and people that aren't. People that are thinking about following Jesus and people that have no intentions of it. We're answering the question with our life as for me and my house, we serve somebody. So what a tragedy. I mean, what what a tragedy it would be to get to the end of this season or worse, to the end of our life and regret the answer. Be awful be a lot of consequences. And so as you think about your own life, whether you're online or you're here with us this morning, the question every single one of us has to answer is who will I serve? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for just the, the, the story of Joshua. I thank you for how Joshua was faithful to you through the good, through the bad times. And at the end of his life, how he took time to sit down and to talk to his leaders, to talk to the people he loved so well. And and Lord, how we now get to kind of get an inside seat on what he said. And maybe you're here or you're watching online and and with every head bowed and every eye closed and, and you would say, hey, Chris, I'm a follower of Jesus. There's been a time in my life when I have followed Jesus. But, but for you, if, if you're like me, I would guess that it's very easy for you to forget what God has done in the past. 
as you face new challenges, as you face new temptations to maybe go a different direction than what God wants, as you face new temptations to worship things other than the true God, I would guess that like me, it's sometimes really hard to remember. And so this, this week, would you do one thing? If you're, if you're here and you would say, man, I'm a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're watching online and you've been following Jesus for a while. Would you commit to take a few minutes this week and remember some of the things that God has done in your life and in your family? Maybe you want to write them down. Maybe you want to put them in a note in your phone. But would you just commit to just this week, if you're a follower of Jesus, would you commit to take just a couple minutes this week at some point and just Sit and try to remember where you've seen God at work in your life. And just write those things down. As you do, I believe God will use those to help you trust Him and serve Him. Maybe you're here and you would say, Chris, I'm I'm not a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're watching online, somebody invited you. Well, here's what you need to know. You're surrounded by people that would tell you this. There was a time in their life they weren't sure if they should trust Jesus. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, I'm telling you, there's people sitting around you that would tell you, hey, I remember that. I remember there was a time in my life where I wasn't sure if I could trust Jesus. But but I promise you this, every single one of those people would tell you, The best decision they ever made in their life was stepping over the line of faith and trusting Jesus. And so maybe you're here and you would say, hey, Chris, I'm not a follower of Jesus. Maybe you've been coming to City Walk since we started. Maybe you're new. Maybe you're watching online and you've never stepped over the line. You know a lot about Jesus, but you've never started a relationship with him. You can do that today, wherever you're at. Just in the quietness of this room or the quietness of where you're seated, even now watching this. Just tell God, tell God in your heart, tell him, God, I admit to you that I've sinned. I admit to you that I've done things my way. Just tell God right now. Then just tell him, hey, God, I I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for my sin. Just tell God in your heart. And then just invite God to, to start a relationship. Just say, God, I want to start a relationship with you. Come into my life. Transform me. Today I choose you. Just tell God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just in the quietness of this room, If you're here this morning and you would say, hey, Chris, today I prayed and I asked Jesus to save me. Today I started a relationship with God. With nobody looking around, would you just slip up your hand? Just slip up your hand. You say, hey, today was the day that I I prayed and I asked Jesus to save me. Today I started a relationship with God. Just slip your hand up. Maybe you're watching online and you, you made that decision You can go to citywalk.cc. There's a decision card. You can fill that out. If you're here 
this morning and you've made a decision for Christ, if you're here this morning and you have a prayer request, if you would just want to share that with us, right in front of you are a couple cards that you can fill out if you made a decision. You can fill out if you have a prayer request. We'd love to pray with you. And you just take those cards and put them in the offering basket on your way out and we'll follow up with you this week. Maybe you're here this morning and you'd say, hey, Chris, man, I I don't want to wait till later this week. Man, I want somebody to pray with me right now. Chris, I I don't want to wait this this week. I've got some questions right now. Well, Matt Lynch is going to be right down front. In fact, he's he's coming right now. He'll be right down front. And and after that final song is over, Matt's going to be here. If you'd like somebody to pray with you, if you have questions about your relationship with God, Matt's going to be down front and he's here to serve you. So just come see him. Lord, thank you for what you're doing among us. I pray that we would every single day of our life tell the world, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. Amen.